Hello everyone and welcome to Talking Points with KPI episode 16. Today is going to be a little different. You've met Curtis, you've met Eric, and you've met Dan. So we're going to go into a little bit of the youth development program. We're not going to go into specifics about the program. We're going to talk about how we start with our athletes from a young age and develop them into the KPI program. Uh, so we're going to start, and it's kind of a big topic right now with coaches, um, and it's just two words, losing ego. Um, it's a big thing that we see now. A lot of people are kind of trying to conform into the sciences of what we're doing here. And then you see the other side. And a lot of people take that ego old school with them and they hold on to that. So open room question, kind of talk about it. How does that affect today's baseball? Well, I think the premise to this whole topic is to like, hey, like how could we create like the ideal system? Like if we were starting from scratch, there was no pre-existing structure involved. Like how could we do this? And so... You know, one of the mandatories to creating like this this ecosystem that would be perfect for a player to, to develop in would be, you know, losing the ego. Um, you know, I say it all the time. I'm pretty vocal about it. That like the number one detriment to youth development are coaches' egos. Uh, everyone wants to possess them, say that they're their guy, like they're 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 their person and they control them. Um, and then everyone wants to take credit for whatever accomplishment they have. So these egos get elevated between all the different areas that, you know, high-level athletes have now, which is their field coach, their trainer, their personal instructor. Um, and everyone wants to think, their high school coach, everyone wants to think that they're the most important person in that equation. And, and it, it really stalls things out. And you can't progress in the process if there's one person taking control of it and, and basically dominating that process. I think that what this and how it plays out, especially the younger ages, is we want to put control in the player's mind. I am in control of all of this. Mm -hmm. Whereas the, the common theme right now is my hitting coach is in control of how I do as a hitter. And my pitching coach and my field coach and my training, all these other people are in control of these things. So I'm not at the center of this process. And the reason that humans do this in general, it's not just children, we do this as adults too, uh, is if we give up control, then we have the ability to blame. And if things don't go our way, then we can say, oh, it's on them, it's on them. It's on them. Like, we, we can always shift the blame to somebody else, where in reality, we here, I think one of this, part of this ego component is we want to put the player at the center, we want to tell them you're in complete control of this process, uh, and when things go great, we're going to be there cheering you on, and we're going to say, awesome. And when things go wrong, we're going to be right there saying, like, dude, or, or you made some bad decisions, or things just didn't go your way, uh, and here's the plan that we're going to do to get you back on track. So uh, I think that removing the ego... Um, is super important to, for the athlete. Yeah. They talk about it a lot with the older ages, Curtis, but what do you see? Because you're out there with these young kids. You're seeing the ego get checked outside. It's a different generation now than it was with the old school. Does Has it changed in that youth side, or is it still kind of the same? <clears throat> I think you see both, you know. Seeing the youth kids... Um, you know, with their players and coaches um, that come to some of the development is, you know, everyone everyone wants what's best for their player, for their child. So, you know, I get it in that aspect, but there's also a time to let go and let the player take control, right? It has to come within from that athlete, no matter what he or she is doing. Um, so if we have to keep walking our child or um, the athlete you coach every step of the way, they're never going to learn, you know? So at some point, that kid has to take full control, you know, have a vision, have a plan, um, and then go execute it, you know, and with that takes discipline, you know, this, this game, all sports, right, as you keep going up is, 
it takes a lot of commitment and discipline. Those are the guys that keep making it up. So um, at the end of the day, um, that athlete needs to want to be there and also know that, you know, it takes tremendous amount of work to get where he or she wants to get to. Absolutely. I think with, with this and the, the ego thing, it's like everyone has to be able to not only give up control, but give up a part of themselves. Like, hey, like I might not be the specialist in this area. So if, if I'm a field coach, and my one of my one of my players is going to go work out at somewhere like KPI or 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 the professional strength coach. Like, hey, like I'm going to send him to a professional strength coach that's certified at the highest level. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to give up that because me as a field coach, I do not have exactly. the capabilities to train you. Or right? even a, or even a general high school strength coach that's yeah. probably a football guy. Yeah. We, and we see that a lot. That the, the, they throw the football coach at the baseball team. They just do a whole bunch of football lifts. That's mm-hmm. much different than. The needs of some of uh, some of the athletes that train in here. If I'm a parent, and they get to this, you know, they get to a certain age and level, I have to give up control to people who know better than me because yeah. you know, like we don't go to our auto mechanic and look under the hood and say, no, this is how you change that mm-hmm. that hose. Like that sounds ridiculous, right? Yeah. Like so, like as a parent, you have to be able to give up that control and be like, hey, I'm going to hand them off to you because you've done this before and you really know what you're doing. Um, and then even on the strength side, and we go through it a lot in here, like during the spring we hand the guys off to the high school coaches and we try to be as hands off as possible because mm-hmm. we respect that like, Hey, like this is their time of the year to have them. And we're going to check our ego, even though we might not agree with a lot of it, but yeah. we're going to check our ego and be like, Hey, like we're here to support you now this time of the year instead of lead you. Absolutely. And you've talked about it in prior podcasts. I'm going to segue into the next topic, but communication, you bring that up when you send these players off to their high school coaches, you said you give them a report, their high school coach, their baseball coaches, not their strength not their football or whatever other sport they may play at the high school, but they give reports to their baseball coaches on how their baseball players are performing in here. So to talk about communication, how big is that for you as the coaches and even the parents to get that communication from everyone coaching? I think I think it's everything. So like during COVID, during the, the big shutdown when everyone was at home, we did a we did a Zoom with yep. with local high school baseball coaches, and it was kind of randomly put together. We just kind of texted out and said, "Who you know, we're all just sitting here. Let's talk, you know." Yeah. And that was one of the topics we brought up. Was like, "Hey, like we want to work together as best as possible. Check our egos, you know. Um, what's and we asked the high school coaches, "What's the number one thing you want from us?" And they all said communication. We wanted we want you guys to communicate what's going on in the strength process, what's going on with the hitting and pitching, what's going on with recruiting. Yeah, and that can even be a little sensitive sometimes because the recruiting process is really tricky. Absolutely. Um, but the high school coaches that we're having the best relationships with, there's 100% open lines of communication, and it and it's it serves the player the best. That's or when you get the ego and I don't want to talk to them because because he's this guy like that doesn't serve the player well. Yeah. Having open open communication and, and being on the same page with a lot of issues serves the player the best. Yeah, I think the the communication piece, what leads to not having communication is is it's easy to create this enigma. It's easy to create this enemy when uh, via social media, via the internet, via tweets, whatever it may be. Versus if you're talking to a human being, like when we hopped on that call, uh, there was certain things that all of us probably had disagreements on leading into that moment. When we hopped on the call, we all had a great conversation. We, yeah. we talked more about how can we get players better. We, we learned, we, we grew. Like I think uh, when there is no communication, it's easy then to create this this enemy, this this person that I, I'm, I'm not I'm adverse to this person. Uh, I, I think that, that breaking down those walls of communication, and even if it's not to talk about baseball, it's just, hey, like you're a local coach and we have the same passion. We want yeah. kids to get better. How can we do this uh, together? Uh, I think that's, that's huge too. Absolutely. So, we I mean, we talk about all these trainers, the coaches, 
and then even the parents getting on it and trying to give up that ego as well, you guys have made a special importance, and I noticed this in the past couple of weeks that I've been here, the players first, player and then family are first. You work with the coaches around that. So talk about how that philosophy has helped you guys here. Well, we were, we were just talking about it right now in our, in our admin meeting, and it was like, like we want athletes to communicate with us more so we know how they're feeling, we know what they did last weekend, yeah. so we can program them better and, and serve them better in here. And so it all starts with the relationship aspect of it. Like we try to prioritize building relationships in here. So then communication gets in, increased when there's trust, when there's love, mm-hmm. when there's these things in place, the, uh, a teenage kid's going to communicate way more rather than some coach that yells at them all the time that has a, a you know, puts a line in between the, the athlete and the coach. So I think that's, that's how we uh, encourage communication is by just building really strong relationships. Absolutely. And Curtis, you see this on the field with these young kids, like I've said before, how did those families, because at that, at that moment, at that young of an age, it comes to a point where their parents are trying to give their kid a good foundation of friends and also train at the same time. So do you see that family aspect kind of come in at the young age? Uh, yes, for sure. You know, I think it it all plays back to communication and having a support system, right, with your parents, your brothers, uh, the friends that you grew up playing with. Um, if we all can't communicate and be on the same page, you know, there's going to be tension and uprising somewhere. Um, so it's very beneficial. You know, we have to be able to communicate. And I think the, the athlete who takes ownership, you know, at an early, at an early stage, you know, of communicating, you know, those are the guys that we're going to keep seeing progressing, right? The, the players who always want, um, their player or their coach to talk for them, um, you know, they're not, they're not learning, they're not growing, right? So um, I always want to ask the, the athletes themselves, you know, please ask us questions. You know, I, we don't want to be the only ones asking you guys questions. Like, we want you guys to bring forth, you know, questions where you're going to be educated on, yeah. right? So I think the accountability part of us not always telling them what to do, like, we want them to, to know what they're doing and why they're doing it. I think that's important. Yeah, the, the player first component. I think that um, people are weirded out by when they come to the facility or, or even a, a field practice is you, you'll see like things are moving, people are doing stuff, and the coach is immersed in it. Yeah. Where like our entire lives, it's always been we have this, this teacher model, right? The teacher's at the front imparting all of this knowledge to the class, and then I'm absorbing all this stuff and I get tested on it. Yeah. Whereas if you look at our environment, we've had this uh, coaches and parents and people just in general say this is just weird like I feel like you guys aren't coaching it's like well yeah we are it's just we first do so much on the front end to build out all of their programming and we do so much within that first month of training to get them up to speed on here's exactly what you need to do and why you need to do it yeah. and then once you do that I use, I use this analogy with some families like we want this process to be the, the player themselves in the driver's seat with their foot on the gas pedal yeah. and then we as coaches we're in the back seat and I joke, like, I want to have my feet out the window and just chilling, having a good time, watching this kid just crush it. Yep. Like, that's what we want versus stuffing the kid in the trunk and forcing them to do lifting and forcing them to do arm care and forcing them to do all these things. Absolutely. And then I joke, you know, some coaches wrap a rope around the kid's leg and drag them outside the car and they get all banged up and hurt mm-hmm. because they're being forced yeah. to do this entire player development system where we, we players first, we want to put them in the center and make it very clear. Like, if you want to get better, it's on you. Well, and you guys also do a good thing that you guys don't give false promises. You guys, you guys have started that from the beginning. You don't guarantee success. You guarantee that you're going to get in here and work hard and have a better chance at success. But success in this place is not guaranteed. And you guys follow that 
and you do a very good job of showing your athletes how that works. And, and we communicate in a whole bunch of different ways, like and like Dan said, like creating the feedback loop as far as like, hey, here's our system and here's why it works, and because it is a different kind of a system, and we're not going to sit there and, and mess around with your elbow for for ten minutes and, and tweak things like that. We're gonna we're gonna create an environment and. We're communicating by doing this podcast. We're communicating with our social media posts. We're communicating with our weekly reports we send out. And that's for the consumers, athletes, parents, even high school coach, uh, club coaches to some extent. They can look at all these things, receive our communication to kind of get what, what, what we're selling. Absolutely. And so we get kind of past the training point. And you guys, I, I won't tie in the false promises to what my next topic is, but the future for the athlete. Like I said before, you don't tie in those success rate. You're not going to get a deal on scholarship just because you show up here. That's not what you guys say. But you guys do help these kids along that journey. And so talk about the stresses and I guess the communication that goes into that journey. Uh, that's where it gets a little tricky. Um, you know, kind of communicating about what the future could look like and, and where all this progress could lead to. But it's obviously probably the most important part of this yep. this ecosystem that we're talking about is because they're doing all this because there's an end game Four, in mind, you know, like, like so we have to tiptoe that, um, you know, pr- pretty well in here uh, as far as, like, not promising anything, but then also showing them, like, hey, like, here's what other guys have done, you know, like, like showing them what Aiden has done and where he was and where he is. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's the best way we communicate on what the future could look like is that, you know, we always tell people, it's like, hey, like, let's do something crazy. Like let's do something amazing um, because it's possible. Uh, it's not guaranteed, but it is possible. So I think that's how we communicate about the future, but we never, we never do like, Oh, look at all the guys that have worked out here. I've worked with 50 yeah. division one guys, or I've had this amount of pro guys. It's just, those numbers are there. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you can research them on your own if you want. Mm-hmm. What we do is just say like, Hey, here are the things that are possible. Yep. I think the presenting it that way, I think overwhelming majority of the athletes that come to this building uh, and that we've all worked with, there's that fear of failure component. Absolutely. I'd rather not attempt this. Uh, And it's also even unique to this age that we deal with this 12 to 18. It's not cool to try hard. It's literally like, it's a diss. So you're a try hard, Mm -hmm. right? It is cool to be good, Yep. but they don't want to talk about all the stuff that led to Aiden doing what he's doing. I I bring that up in a lot of the assessments. Yeah. Um, And so the, I think that, that that's, that's unique to, to what we try and present of like, yeah, there's nothing guaranteed in this, this process. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that you have all the tools and opportunities to progress. Uh, but at the end of the day, like again, back to that player first, it's up to you. And, uh, you know, that is crazy, right? Uh, I think a lot of times that fear of failure leads kids to set their ceiling so low that I'm going to try to attempt, or I said so low that I'm going to achieve it, whether I do it or not. Yeah. It's like, no, I, I want to know what you really want out of this. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you think it's crazy because that kid went from 79 to 95 in a year, yeah. year and a half. That's crazy. And if it, there's coaches that would told Aiden, there's no way you're going to achieve that. Where we say, hell yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's see what happens. Like, and if it doesn't, this is the best part about our system, is we're running so much, so many reports on the back end, we're going to know if it's getting closer or further away from, from that happening. And so I, I think that, that that is how we walk that fine line of like, we're not going to promise D1 pro whatever that you know whatever thing that you want to achieve but there are a lot of kids who are achieving getting closer to their goals and we run we run enough reports to know if you're getting closer or getting further and we'll, we'll continue to give you the the tools you need to to succeed so to kind of wrap this up about the youth development what as a broad message to any incoming youth as we know we had an open house yesterday thank you all for who attended that open house follow us on our social medias it was a great time um but what's the message for future 
KPI people, what do we, what do you would you guys like to say for the year youth development? I think it starts with the foundation. You know, like that player and family being committed to to you know the the process and the system of, of getting involved in true player development and letting them know that they have complete control. I think that's what we have to talk to a lot of athletes about when you have all these different egos involved mm-hmm. and everyone wants to kind of grab their piece of pie and their piece of control. And we always say, no, you're in control. The athlete is in control. They get to decide what they want to do. And then the family's is supporting that. The, the Historically through the years, the, the kids that have really progressed through a player development system are the ones that have the best support system at home. People that understand what needs to be done and they invest in it and they, and they, and they go through the process. So uh, I would say that foundational aspect of the player and their family being strong is of the utmost importance in this process. Yeah. Um, and just being open-minded, right? Like, so, you know, as any of us, if we have to go to a doctor to, you know, get a, you know, check up on our knee or shoulder, we don't just go to one doctor primarily, right? You go get two or three evals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my advice is to, you know, go check out facilities, you know, by all means. Go check every place that you when you're getting recruited. Go check out, you know, not just the college you want to go to, but go check out, you know, 10 colleges, mm-hmm. right? And, and be open-minded because where you're always going to end up is with the people that you can trust and have the ability to communicate with in the process. And if if everything aligns, uh, it's all about just being being able to be taken care of and being beneficial on both ends of it. Um, and that's what we try and do here is we want to we want to be beneficial to to all ends, right? To the not just the athletes, but to their families as well. Uh, we want to give them every opportunity to to reach their their highest potential of their level. It might be you know NAIA, it might be major league, it might be D one, it might be making their high school team, right? Like that's what we want to reach to these athletes. I think the the that future youth client, that youth player. You know, you're you're 10 to 14 years old. Mm-hmm. I think uh, first be self aware of what your child um, wants, uh, and you can tell what they want by what they work for. I use this joke all the time: like kids will wake up at like four in the morning to play Fortnite. Yeah. Like the motivation and the work ethic is not the issue. Like it's them being very clear with what I actually want to get better at. So I think the self awareness piece is, is important. Um, but I, I also think the the finding other professionals to give you advice or insight as to, okay, what should I do? Like, don't be afraid to, to reach out and, and have those conversations because there are a lot of good coaches out there that will give you, give you that advice. And so when you're, you're in this weird 10, again, 10 to 14 is that hard time where like, do I go to a private hidden coach? Do I go to this coach? Do I do, do, I do rec or do I do travel? Like, I don't know how to navigate all this. I think finding people to, that you can rely and, and trust on and, and, and to a certain extent have gone through that process to, to say, here, here's what I did right. Here's what I would wish I would have done differently. Mm-hmm. Um, here are some things that, that I'm, I'm learning through currently. Uh, I, I think having that, again, go back to communication with coaches and people that can kind of get you on the right track. And I think at the end of the day, still keeping in mind that you're, it's, you're, you have a child. Absolutely. And they, this is a sport, and they're trying to have fun. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're trying to, to teach them some life lessons that you know, once baseball or softball or their sport ends, uh, they're able to apply those. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys very much for listening to Talking Points KPI, episode number 16. This was about the youth development and the bring-up of players to KPI. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Curtis. appreciate you guys listening on our YouTube channel. Please follow us on all our socials. See you guys next time.